On my surprise 16th birthday party, I'll never forget, my parents tried to trick me. They gave me those candles on my birthday that no matter how hard you blow, no matter how much work you give it to blow out the candles, nothing works. So what we had to do was we had to get a bucket of water to pour out the candles. That's what I want to talk about today. No matter how hard our life gets, no matter how difficult our times get in life, we should be that light no matter what comes our way that our candles should never burn out. With that being said, if you can open your Bibles to Matthew 5, 13 through 16, it says, You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If you are taking notes and you want to write this down, it says, no matter how dark our days are, we must be the light. And all around us, we see how dark and how hard and how difficult times are being in our lives. Here in this passage, in verse 13, Jesus is speaking and he uses two metaphors to describe the role that the followers of Jesus Christ are called to be, which are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Jesus has told the disciples here in this passage what their characteristics are to be. Then in the Bible, just like now, salt served for a variety of different reasons. Some being before the days of refrigeration, salt was used mostly as a preservative by rubbing it into the meat so it wouldn't spoil. In some cases, it was used as a fertilizer. And like now, it was used to enhance the taste to food. Have you ever tried potatoes, either mashed potatoes, baked potatoes, or even french fries without salt? They're just plain out disgusting. They're bland. They're missing flavor. And when us Christians aren't being the salt of the earth, it's the same thing. We're bland, and we don't have that excitement level for Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we're not doing our job that God has called us to do. And we're missing a key ingredient to our walk with Christ. So what is Jesus telling us in verse 13? When he says you are to be a salt of the earth, he's telling us it's our duty, it's our responsibility to be a preserving influence to this society. Salt was very valuable in the ancient times. In some places, Roman soldiers would receive pay with salt. Could you imagine being paid with a grain of salt? And it's so valuable that people loved it to get paid in? I couldn't imagine that. The presumption is that society is rotting. And if you look all around, if you put on the newsroom for 20 seconds, you could see that's the case. In fact, we see that even in the Bible with Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus was so upset with all the sin that was happening and all the sin that was taking place, he decided to destroy it. God had to send the fire and sulfur to destroy both those cities. We read that in Genesis 19:24 through 25. It tells us, so it says, then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. 
Thus, he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. Once again, it is our duty, our responsibility, which is a huge responsibility as a Christian and follower of Jesus Christ to be a preservative in this world. And even though this world is going to hell in a handbasket, we should see a difference by being Christians, being in this world. We should make the difference and bright, be bright and shine bright. Again, if you're jotting down notes, please write this down. Much like salt enhances the flavor to food, we should make this world better by enhancing the quality of our walk. The world needs change. It needs a difference. It needs an influence of people to keep it from getting worse, to stop the rottiness is what Jesus is telling us. God tells us to be the difference, to make a change in this rotting world. There are times when people experience much different, though, and it saddens me because they experience bad things by Christians, by you and by I. And I'm sorry to those who have been hurt, judged mistreated by us Christians as it's really heartbreaking because we should draw people closer to Christ instead of drawing them even further away from Christ. There's people who won't even come to church ever again because they've been hurt by us Christians. And that needs to change because all we're doing is leaving bad tastes in people's mouths. Again, if you're taking notes, please write this down. If we aren't bringing people to Christ, and we're bashing others. We aren't being the salt of the earth. Once again, why I talked about this today is because I believe that we're actually doing a very bad job on being the salt of the earth and light of the world as followers of Jesus Christ. And I believe that's why our numbers are hurting. I could see the passion that we have or lack thereof really needs to change. And we really need a wake-up call, all of us, all of us. Because just like food tastes great with salt, It enhances its flavor. Our attitude and walk must be one that is also satisfying and rich in Jesus. Jesus here is saying to his disciples, this is a rotten world and we're to be a purifying influence regardless of what your family thinks, regardless of what your friends are saying, regardless of what social media is saying, your life coach, your therapist, your society, and important, your culture says too. Because before all that was the Bible 2,000 years ago, it tells us what is right and what is wrong. Next, again, if you're taking notes, feel free to write this down. We are to prevent the rottiness. That is our duty. Jesus is telling us that we are to prevent the rottiness from happening. Righteousness, though, righteousness, being pure and upright, can only come from revival. When God gets a grip of our heart and the Holy Spirit is dwelling and residing in us, it can only come when we, the church, get really serious about our walk before God. We get on our knees, and like God says in Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble, that's important, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and will heal their land. Guys, we shouldn't just be salt in church. We shouldn't just be salt 
in this four walls, but we should be salt everywhere we go and everything we do and every aspect of our lives. Even when people at Walmart are taking forever and it's their first day at the job. And I'm speaking to myself here. It's very difficult. Or even when we're in, we're in traffic or people are belittling us or talking down to us. We should be the better people and they should see Jesus residing in us and being the salt regardless of what people think of us, regardless of how people treat us. We must be the salt everywhere because, you know what, it's easy to be the salt in church when everyone's smiling, everyone's happy, everyone's putting on a smile. But it's very difficult when you go into the world to be the salt of the earth because you understand if the salt has lost its savior and its flavor that it's no longer good for anything, it says, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Church, we need a wake-up call. As I said earlier, we must change, and we must be the difference. We must. We see here a pattern of conforming to the world instead of transforming to the world, as we're called to do. We are compromising so much to so many things so, so many sermons, if you even hear, and churches, mega to small, are, are only preaching on these feel-good uh, sermons that don't even mention sin, don't even mention conviction, don't even make you um, feel sorry for what you're doing and living in pain and, and sin. When that's furthest thing from the truth is, yes, God's an all-loving God. He's all just to forgive. But also, we should feel bad sometimes that we're sinning as we as we do. And we need to feel conviction from the Holy Spirit because then we'll change what we're doing. But instead, several churches teach you to make you feel good about yourself because they want you to come to church and they want their numbers to grow. They don't want your faith to grow, your relationship with Christ to grow. But I believe here today that we need to speak on the truth of every topic in the word of God. There's times that I feel so convicted in church. And sometimes those are the best sermons. Those are the greatest ones because I don't want to do it again. And it's teaching me something. It seems as though many churches are keeping others from feeling the pain of their sins. Because if the Holy Spirit isn't convicting you powerfully... And salt has lost its savior. You can be rotting and slowly dying and not even realizing it. Because sometimes you don't feel the pain of your sin if it's not being taught. For example, many ministers and pastors are performing, performing marriages for homosexuals. Thousands of pulpits filled with gays. Or even some that are filled with child molestation. Many members accepting of all sin and we're allowing the rottiness to change our values and our morals. We're allowing the news. We're allowing social media, different outlets, what school's teaching us um, to tell us what's right and wrong instead of the word of God, as I said earlier. And we also see so much judging, backstabbing, division in the church instead of unity coming together to help further the kingdom of heaven and loving on one another. Where has that gone, guys? The church has lost its savior. In many major denominational churches, not every, but in many I've seen that there's a major decline in attendance and membership. And to me, it's kind of obvious. And that's because there isn't 
the conviction of the Holy Spirit like it used to be. And there's no salt being taught. My take since COVID has hit is that it seems as though more people are stressed out. More people are worried, depressed, and feel like they have nothing to live for. You've got everything stripped away. Maybe some rights that you feel like have been stripped away. But something that you haven't got taken away. But maybe you've been putting him on the back burner, but he's been here for you the entire time was Jesus. Jesus has been here for your side the entire time, but you've been putting him on the back burner. It's time for you to come to Jesus right now. Because life without Jesus, you've been trying it for so long and it's tasteless. It's it's without salt. It's bland. It's plain. It's boring. But we're to bring into life and others' lives that beautiful excitement of knowing God, of living with God, of walking with Christ, and having that salt. So many people, even at church, haven't had an encounter, and this is crazy to me, with God that brings in an excitement to their soul. You see, many people leave the church the same way they walked in. Bitterness, upset, angry, mild faith, their trust hasn't changed, and they leave unchanged. They come in with an angry face and they leave with an angry face because they're not excited about the word of God. They're not excited about Jesus anymore. It's just reputation. It's just like almost a ritual. They just go to church and then they leave. And that's it. It doesn't become anything. You're not in love with Christ like you used to be. But remember the very first time that you fell in love with Christ? And you you accepted him into your heart. You accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the first time. Some of you were weeping when that occurred. But as the weeks, the months, the years have went by in your relationship with Christ, you might be a follower of 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, new, even two years. But as your relationship has grown, your joy, your excitement has burned out. And much like those candles on my birthday that wouldn't burn, you're being the complete opposite. Your candle is no longer burning like it used to. In fact, it's fading away. It's doing the complete opposite of what we're called to do. Life becomes tasteless, it's flat, and no excitement to many Christians because they're not walking in the Spirit. Uh, They're not walking in awareness of God and not experiencing God in their daily life. We're not reading the Word of God. We're not dissecting it. We're not living it out, most importantly. Oh, how we need to have a personal revival. We need to look in the mirror and say, Lord, I want to be more like you every single day. We have to have a personal revival, a stirring of God's Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts. If you're jotting notes down, you could write this down. Feel free to. We need to be the salt to bring the zest, the spice, the excitement of God to ourselves and to others. Man, I've been praying for a long time and believing and trusting that revival will take place again where God just gets a grip of so many people's hearts and that so many people would get saved at one time. And I still believe that. Another thing that's interesting about salt is once you have a lot, it makes you so thirsty. 
have you ever had popcorn tortilla chips without salt? They're gross. So what you do is you put on a ton of salt, right? After you're done eating them, you're thirsty. So you get a big old jug of water because you need it. And I believe in the same way as, as we walk with Christ, we should be thirsty servants and create a thirst and an excitement for others to want Jesus because they see Jesus residing in us and they want that same thirst and quench for Jesus Christ. Every day, we should thirst to have more of Jesus and less of ourselves. To be more like Jesus every day. To walk like Jesus every day. To share with others Jesus and have an excitement about Jesus. Because he's excited that we are his children. Ask yourself this. Am I really good salt? That sounds crazy to ask, right? But am I really good salt spiritually? Am I bringing a thirst and a quench for others to know Christ? Think about that for a minute. And revival starts when the church is what God wants it to be. What God wants it to be. And when we have a personal relationship with Christ, revival starts at home, in our hearts, at home, when no one is watching us. Because it's so easy at church to do it. But when we're home, are we praying? Are we worshiping? Are we in the word of God reading Are we doing what God wants us to do? Are we treating others with love, integrity, respect? Are we trying to create unity not only with members of the church, but our non-believer friends? Are we treating them with the love of Jesus Christ? Are we treating them with salt? Or are we being a bland Christian that has lost its salt? Now let's read verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Now what Jesus is telling us is you are a light of the world so people can see Jesus residing in us. God, in this passage, he looks at these disciples as screwed up and messed up as they are and as we are. God wants to do this work through us. Now, that's an amazing work, but at the same time, that's a huge responsibility that he wants for us, right? What's interesting is the word you... In Greek is humaeus. It is emphatic and it means you alone, meaning you are right now the light of the world. Now that could be kind of scary. How is your light right now for the Lord? Has it been completely, has your spark been completely lost or is it on fire for the Lord? How is your light? Because you are the light of the world. Are you doing a great job portraying that? Am I doing a great job in portraying that? Where people see me and they see Jesus. What does your reflection look like? Does it look like Jesus? Light in Greek means phos. P-H-O-S. It is where we get our word photo or photograph. Jesus is saying we are the photograph of Jesus to this dark and fallen world. When people look at us, they're supposed to see a clear picture of what Jesus resembles. 
Now, I wonder when, when people take a photo of us, if we're a little out of focus, a little fuzzy, something that maybe hasn't developed yet, something that doesn't even kind of resemble Jesus. I hope that we can get to a place where someone takes a picture and we're resembling Jesus in a very, very big way. We are being a good example of being the light of the world when we are revealing the truth, exposing darkness, excited to live for Jesus and share Jesus. And in John eight twelve, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And here in this passage, he's saying, you are the light of the world. So check this out. Something that God gave me. Jesus is like the sun. And I mean S-U-N. And we are like the moon. The moon reflects its light from the sun. But the only time, the only time it doesn't reflect the light from the sun is during an eclipse. And that, that is when the earth gets in between the sun and the moon. And it keeps it from reflecting the light. This is very important because I believe that many of you are experiencing an eclipse, allowing problems in your life to not allow your light to shine. And that's why you're not being a light to this world. Many of you here today came worrying as much as non-believers. Some of us worry as though God has been removed from the throne. But may I remind you that in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. We live as though though he got off the throne, that he's been removed. Many of us say and proclaim with our mouths that God exists, but our actions speak completely different. We worry sometimes more than we trust. That's why God says more than a mustard seed, (laughs) because we tend to worry more than we trust And some of us, man, we aren't happy unless we're worrying. We came here today worrying about what we're going to wear, how we're going to look, what our hair is going to be like. We're worrying about what we're going to do after church, not even focused and focused on the sermon here today. Some of us lack trust in the same way as though God has been removed from the throne. Are you experiencing a worry, trust, anxiety, depression, fear? Bitterness, eclipse, that's not allowing your light to shine. Most of us say that God is good. And God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. But in fact, in reality, we don't act like it. Because we allow these different eclipses, or maybe it's a different eclipse that you're worrying about today, to block us from being the light of the world, to actually believe what we're saying and living it out. But if I recall, who gave you your job that you have? Who's allowing you to pay your bills? Who gave you your beautiful children? Who provided you with your house? Who provided you with your groceries? Who gave you your food? Who saved us from hell and gave us heaven? Who created you? Who created me? Who knew you before you were even thought of in your mother's womb? Who knows how much hair is on your head? I use that a lot because it's so impactful to me. And remember this. Our actions speak louder than words. So act upon what you believe and what you say and what you're telling others that God is so good all the time. All the time God is good. Act upon it. 
A town built on a hill, if we go lower down in the passage, cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Christians, believers will be seen and known from everywhere, from far in the distance to close in the distance at all times. During the dark times, during the times that don't make sense when we're asking Christ why. During the hard times, during the good times. Stop having the fear, too, of offending people due to your walk. Oh, man, that drives me nuts. When people are afraid to lose a job, a career, they're they're afraid to have to tiptoe around somewhere. I say, why? Because I don't want to offend my coworkers, and I don't want to pray with them because they don't have the same beliefs as me. Really? But you allow them to have different beliefs, but you're afraid and you're ashamed of our Lord and Savior? Imagine if Jesus Christ was afraid to proclaim you as his children of God. He's not. He's excited. Calls us the creator of heaven and earth. He created you. He created us. Imagine if he was ashamed of us. Next, if you're jotting down notes, be excited to know God as he's excited to be your father. Your light starts at home before we take it to the world. It says, let your light so shine, which so means to such a great extent, to such a great extent, much like Jesus He didn't just love the world. He so loved the world. It gives it even more punch because he loved it so much. We need our light to shine not just at church, as I mentioned earlier, but everywhere so they can see Jesus. Our light shouldn't shine for people, though. Understand that. Our light shouldn't shine for people. But when they see us and our actions and how we walk towards people, how we love others, how we act towards others, how we forgive others, how we talk to the non-believers as well as believers, they should see Jesus residing in us and they should want what we have. When people see us, they should see the image of God. And our spiritual appearance should resemble a picture of Jesus Salt. Salt is needed because the world is rotting. And if our Christianity is rotting, we are missing the point and not doing a good job. Light is needed because the world is in darkness. And if our Christianity imitates the darkness around us, then we aren't doing our job. Apostle Paul, he, he taught, for you were once darkness, but now you're a light in the Lord. Light, live as children of light. In Ephesians 5a. Because you understand the purpose of light is to give us direction. Direction by making it possible to see. At night, a city of a hill shines its light in all directions from an elevated position. The light can be seen by far and wide, illuminating the way for many travelers and showing them which way to go. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me to the Father except through me in John fourteen six, Toward Jesus and ultimately into a relationship with God, the Father. Now, I know you watching, and even for myself, this was something that was so heavy on my heart because... 
I feel like we need a wake-up call more than ever before this world, this society, us believers, us as a church. And so I want to end it with this. I want, if you have prayer of any kind, if you want to contact us, no matter what you're going through, if you think it's too small, it's not. God already knows your prayers and your desires and your heart. He knows what your needs and he wants to meet them. And so whatever you're going through, please contact us for prayer. And I know without a doubt, maybe it's not someone catching it live. Maybe it is someone catch the replay that you want to be the salt of the earth and that you want to be the light of the world like Jesus tells us to be and like he tells his disciples to be. So be that here today. Give us a call. God bless you guys. We all walk in faith. Bye.